All right, you ready to get this thing started? Let's get her going. All right, let's go. The 352, the 352, the 352 podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the 352 Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Johns, and as always, we got Jonah Hyatt, what's left of him. Are you a little angry over there today? I'm mad. <laughs> uh, when I pulled in here earlier, you were out there. I couldn't hear what you were saying, but it was some... You didn't want to hear what I said. So, There's going to be s- some upset insurance companies coming first of the week. So why are you so upset over there? Because we have a piece of shit John Deere Baylor. It's brand new. It's got 1,300 rolls on it, and I've had more issues with it. I, I've done come to the conclusion I've done name the damn thing Courtney. Jesus. I told my father, I said, I'm getting a sticker, and I'm naming it Courtney, because it's got more problems than a math teacher. Well, I, like I said, I seen you when we pulled in, and you were out there just, you were out there with a knife just trying to cut your net wrap. That's the fourth time I've had to cut net wrap on oh, it, out okay. of it. It's getting wrapped in rollers, getting it, and then at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not going to blame the bailer, but I kicked a roll out with no net wrap on it. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll finish it tomorrow. I don't care. I just, I hate that fucking bailer. If do, do not ever buy a John Deere 460M silage special. It's a piece of shit. Piece I, of shit. It's worked fine this far, hasn't it? No, it's been a piece of shit since the day it brought it here. I'm going to go buy me a McHale. Go for it. So, I don't care. I'm going to sell that fucking thing, make it somebody else's problem, and go buy me a McHale. Same damn money. And then we're going to move on. So, but I'm good now. It's past me i'll fight with it tomorrow yeah it is what it is at this point i don't even care anymore yep so other than that what else you really had going on that's nothing i'm trying to get hay up in the middle of august in florida yep and so that's been a nightmare yep i don't know how many times it's tried to rain on us in three days i ain't seen the sun in two days no it's had a haze for some reason for the past two days yeah it's i don't you know it, it could if i didn't cut hay it would be so damn sunny right now. Osho would be calling us, telling us not to work. It'd be so fucking hot outside. Yeah. As soon as I cut hay, it looks like a damn cold front in the middle of January showed up. Yeah. It's been a haze, cloudy, ain't been a sun. It's been, it's just been a nightmare. Yeah. Now the damn bales out there, he went out and checked. I bet you them bales are 1,400 fucking pounds. Yeah. Full of fucking water. Which yeah. I don't care. We're keeping it for ourselves. We're bailing up our own personal hay right now, but... I bet you I've got a thousand rolls of hay. So I was out there rolling hay and somebody texted me and then another person called me and wanted another couple hundred rolls of hay. Yeah. I'm like, I ain't even got my own shit up yet. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'll be all right. I get enough beer in me here in a minute and I'm going to be <laughs> like, fuck you, fuck everything. I'm going yeah. home. Going well, home, eating me a steak and I'm going to bed. Yeah. So, well, this is going to be week number five for me going to Georgia. Well, you could have got it done in the first two weeks. You've been all right, but. Well, you decided you wanted to get COVID and bring it home and then give it to me. So then well, I was, that was down. Your, a, that was your superintendent. Yeah. So, well, anyway, well, you want to go ahead and get this one kicked off? and I guess. We actually got, we ain't got to worry about trying to do a phone call this week. Yep. We doing all right. We're yep. moving up in the yep, world. Yeah, we're moving up in the world. So we're going to do our question like we normally do. But instead of just us this week, why don't we just go ahead and bring in our guest and he can... And light on a couple of our questions. I might as well. We've already had a learning experience right out of the gate this morning, this afternoon. Absolutely. So, and we'll, we're going to touch on that. Yeah, that was actually pretty damn cool. So, our guest this week, it's a little different than we've done. Um, not much. Still state of Florida. We're going to keep it in Florida. But um, I think this one's going to be 
a fun one, but more of an educational one too. Yeah, yeah. That's the aspect that you don't really learn or hear from or understand. And, you know, we've always, well, we got aging by the teeth or aging by the body or aging by this. Well, guess what, guys? You're about to learn something that you didn't know. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of touch base on that. But more of this, more or less, this podcast can be a little bit more about taxidermy work. Yeah. So, and I think we got a great guest to talk about everything to do with taxidermy especially the state of florida but i think he can kind of talk about across the board so yep you ready well we might as well hit it record deer season and i'm hooked let me shoot and miss one right out of the gate katie bart damn doors i'm coming for you and billicate that's not my season is over seven yards you better hold it like a rock on it Hoping for a double. Bad year. Copy that. <laughs> well, this is the guest portion slash question portion of this. DC Sims, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good, man. How are you? Ah, pretty good. We're just out here dealing with Jesse, trying to not lose his mind. Yeah, yeah I'm all right today. I think I drove in on that a little bit. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, got, got a little... Uh, Harry there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, don't farm for a living. I can tell you that now. You better have some good quaaludes if you're going to farm. Hey, life. No, oh, fuck that. I, don't get me started again. I'm all right right now, but I'm going to set that fucking baler on fire yeah. before it's over with. So, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what you do, and then we'll pause from that, and then we'll go into the questions, and then we'll roll back into your stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm DC Sims. I run DC's Whitetail Taxidermy in Brooksville, Florida. And uh, that's about it. I specialize in Florida deer now. So that's what I love to do. Yep. And you also, because you work for the state, right? Yeah. Yeah. I work for Swift Mud, um, Southwest Florida Water Management. I started out about six years ago. I was in the structures department. I took care of all the land water locks for throughout the district. And then about two years ago, I moved into uh, what we call field ops, which is I, I run heavy equipment for the district. I put in most of the disc lines throughout the properties, mostly Green Swamp West. Uh, right now I'm in Starkey and then but I could be building a fence one day or welding. I'm, I do a lot of welding for the district, diving. Uh, but mostly right now it's equipment operator. Uh, and a, I'm in a 525C skidder out there, a yellow one. I call her Thickalicious. <laughs> and, uh, yep, that's what I do for a 40-hour job. And then a 60-hour job, I do taxidermy. There you go. Yeah, because there's a lot of detail in that. Yeah, you ain't sure. kidding. I got a turkey I hear you'll pick up. Do you do turkeys? No, sir. Oh, nope. God. That's a... I dread them. Yeah, it's what... I got the last turkey of probably the best man ever on existence to do a turkey. And I got... I got to go pick him up. But he's done. He's up there in Laha. And I... It's a double-bearded gobbler I killed in Georgia with dingbat over here a oh, couple years ago. One. At 80 yards. Wow. And so... Well, that, that's another story for another day, but... We started at 80 yards and ended at two yards. <laughs> oh, it was a, That's always fun. It was, a, it was an arena race and a bamboo patch. But yep. he, he, 
He's mounted now, so I don't care. Yep. So let's go ahead and go into questions. I think we we have a handful of questions. Bro. We got get- a lot. We'll get to them next week. Rich, when you get home from your freaking Georgia vacation, um, we got to do one on our dog hunting. Yep. And we'll tear into a lot of questions then. That When we do our dog hunting podcast, we'll we'll knock out the ones we don't catch this week. Because yep. we got, we're, the questions are stacking up. Yeah. So I think, like I said, I got a handful. I'm going to try to keep it Florida since we have him here. So we kind of stay on the Florida thing. And I think we, we do have a couple of Georgia stuff and out of state. So I think we'll just save that one for that episode. And then we'll just, we'll make it easier. And I think he can alight on some of the Florida stuff for us. Yeah. So we'll go with the first one. Um, the question is, does the moon guide, moon phase, have a large effect on deer movement in Florida? We'll let you go ahead and answer it. Oh, you want to put me on the spot? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Might as well <laughs> give her hell, Marcel. No, I, I believe the, the moon phase does. I, I, you know, they they go off the moon a lot and, and pressure. So the moon changes that pressure, too. So um, I don't really go off it a whole lot. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I don't spend that much time to go hunting because what I do, yep. I go a little bit. But so I just want to go out there and enjoy it and not have to worry about worrying about that. But it, if I did, I'd probably kill more deer for sure. Yeah, I do think, I mean, because, I mean, especially with a cell camera error that we have now, if you really just start putting comparisons together and start seeing your movement on the cameras i think you can start seeing because even the like these new cameras with these apps you can actually compare movement to moon phases to the moon, yeah yeah because it's on the picture yeah um so that i mean i'm sure if you a lot of people take the time to see that correlation between the time and the yeah the moon phase um so and I have friends that do it a lot, and they do have good success on, on the moon phase. Yeah. I don't honestly think that it has as much impact in the state of Florida as it does for, say, maybe some other states that there ain't as much hunting pressure. Right. But I think it does make a little bit. What do you think over there? I'm thinking. <laughs> do you want my honest opinion? I think there's a big difference between public land private land absolutely public land but public land not just deer animals they survive off the nature natural natural browse natural food natural everything they go off the moon the the stars and everything above that's how i think they live their life private land deer they don't give a shit they got a feeder out there and a food plot that's 10 acres big and they'll go out there you know i don't i don't I think it has a big thing to do with public versus private in Florida because I'll kill the shit out of damn deer off my gator at the rye field every year, and it doesn't matter what moon phase we're at. It's what rut phase we're in. Yep. And that's my biggest thing. If there's a hot doe in an area, and I have 15, 20 does back there in that that rye field, I'm going to see a buck, whether it's daylight, dark, moons, a new moon, full moon, quarter moon, it does not matter. I will see, that's how I've killed most of them bucks, just chasing does, not necessarily the moon phase on 
private land. Plus, as a food source, I feed them feed every, you know, in the fall time, I feed them feed. I got, they got a rye field. They got, you know, everything they need. Public land, it's a lot harder to hunt. Them deer are running off of their natural instinct. So, I don't know. I think public land, yes, moon phases counts a lot. Private land, no. Them deer are going to, it takes the does to show up. Where there's does, there's bucks. Yep. And it has to do with rut, per se, yeah, in I got, Florida. I got to agree with you because, you know, and, and when it comes down to it, it's all about that hot box. It's a, that hot box. If it's in a sundress, it, you know that hot box is ready. He's going to show up every damn time. Absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to send it to him. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think also you got to add cold fronts in there, too, when the, when the weather's right. You mean I? I would say there is a perfect storm in the state of Florida when you got a, the best moon. That oh, you if it gets colder and shit about in January first of February, there'll be forty headed damn does and little bucks back there in that rye field. It's yep. just picking and choosing which one you want. And all these good bucks that we've killed here around the house have been during a hard cold morning. Yeah, it's not been in the afternoons. Every damn deer I've killed in the last three years was an afternoon buck. Mm-hmm. And but. All these absolute monsters that we've killed here at the house were morning deer chasing does about Christmas. But that was years ago. Now, ruts moved on. Our rut here in this zone B, I guess we are, has moved from around Christmas to, in my personal opinion, end of January, 1st of February. That's my personal opinion because it stays warmer longer now. And so I think our rut is right there. Luckily, we still have plenty of deer season because we can hunt all the way till the end of February, basically last weekend of February. But it went it it. I feel like our rut's moving long, you know, deeper and deeper in a year. I used to be ready to hunt by first second week of December. I was back there ready to hunt. Now we get done dog hunting down there in Richmond, which is like first second weekend of January. January. Then I'll start hunting behind the house back here because it's not, like I said, it's not the moon. It's the rut on private land because you can feed them any day. They're going to come out there. And the deer back here, they don't care about that gator. I go back and park that gator in the corner of the rye field, literally five yards off the corner of the fenced off rye field. And I will crank that thing up every night at dark and drive it off. And every single day, the next day, the same deer come out. The same group, same time. They'll walk within 10 yards of me. It does not matter to them. They don't yep. care. Yep. Well, I think we kind of covered that one. We'll go on to the second one here. Um, the question is, do y'all hunt September mornings? And if so, is it near bedding area or food plots? Food source. Yep. I will not for say in the state of Florida. I'm not. I've done it a little bit, but... What we do in our, what I do in Georgia, I don't hunt bow season mornings. It's hard. Like I'll have an arc. So I have like a stand or two that's like an iffy stand. I'm yep. like, all right, if I'm gonna get up in the morning, I'll go to that. It, it's a sixty forty gamble. You will, you won't, will see a deer. Yep. So I'll go to that. Maybe see a deer stand in the mornings. Yep. But that patterned buck that's every night at 645 every single night blah 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 he's been doing it for months i'll go sit him in the afternoons 
Yeah. But I won't get anywhere near him in the mornings. I'll go find somewhere to go sit in the mornings that, you know, might see a buck, might not, might see a doe, might not, might see a It's a iffy stand. Everybody's going to have an iffy stand out there. Absolutely. And that's my best buck that I killed with a bow was that prime thing right there. I knew he was in there, had him on camera, knew he was coming in there in the afternoons. Also knew he was coming in the mornings, but he was there before daylight. Yep. I knew if I tried to get in there, I would bump that deer and I would screw up the whole weekend hunt. So I did that. I hunted that Saturday morning on a other stand, ended up shooting a doe that morning, but never went in there that morning, waited till that afternoon, got in the stand early enough, got in there. He come out at like six, I think it was like 638, 639, right at the feeder, 15 yard shot. Just, but I feel like if I'd have went in there that morning, I would have messed up the whole weekend. So I think that's just my personal opinion. You mean, I would honestly, especially in September, if I didn't have, if I was just for say hunting a piece of property where I only had one stand, I'm able to hunt. I would not go in the mornings. I would, I would set it out and hunt the afternoons. I know it sucks, but you got to also pattern your deer off the camera. Yes. If he's in there after daylight on a Saturday morning, he say say he's there at seven o'clock every morning after daylight, and you can slip to your stand without being found. Try him. Yep. Because you might not. Because and he, 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 but he's not an afternoon deer. But if he is in there at five forty-five, six o'clock, he's in there right at you know right there where you're going to be walking in and bumping him. He's leave, already close. Yeah, leave that son of a bitch alone because he ain't bedded up far away from you. He unless right. you plan on getting in there at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I ain't about that life. And a lot of times, you'll catch a lot of them bucks. They'll feed. My camera in Georgia will from dark until daylight the next morning, I will have that same buck or same three or four or five bucks on camera for 12 hours. They'll feed, quit for a couple hours, feed, Quit for a couple hours. Feed. Quit for. That tells me they're bedded up close. Yeah, real close. They're real close right there. Yeah. So you go, you know, scrabbling your ass in there. That's hot too. It's it, you're gonna be right on him. Just, yep. just wait him out to that afternoon. It sucks, but wait him out. Now, if he's a late morning deer, you you, you can try, give him a shot. But I wouldn't try him. I get the first weekend. Like I said, if he shows up at seven o'clock in the morning. But he's nowhere near in the afternoons. You got to go. You got to you got to hunt him in the mornings. Yeah. But if he is an afternooner, every day on the clock, you can set your damn watch to what time he shows up. Just wait him out. It's gonna suck, but wait him out. Yep. What is your What is your take, kind of? Yeah, I, I I have to agree because, you know, it's 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 hard to hunt in the mornings just because they've had a routine during velvet that they're uh, they're stacked up, they're staying close. So they're going to keep that routine for, uh, you know, a couple weeks at least, a month, um, until they change that habit. Yeah. So you get pressure. Yeah, they just start getting pressure. So. Yeah. I think, me personally, that first weekend of or September that you get to hunt for, say, you know, I mean, depends on it changes. There's a bunch of different stuff here in Florida with the different zones. But for, say, like us in Georgia, which ours is the 10th this year, that first weekend is some of your best opportunities to kill bucks if you have bucks summering on your place. For sure. So, yep. Don't because, look at me. 
But they always leave. Yeah. They always leave. <laughs> I feed everybody else's deer. Yep. After, I bet you I got 50 headed bucks on my place. Yeah. On 266 acres, I bet you I got 50 head of bucks. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's it's the stupid. hard part. You'd, it's stupid, but over half to two-thirds of them will leave. Yeah, you'd love seeing about. them. I'll get a couple, first couple weeks of September out of them, but as soon as we start getting close to October, it'll start thinning out quick. I'll get, I'll keep the real young, young ones, like the ones that don't have a chance fighting the big ones, yep. and I'll keep the big ones. But outside of that... Everybody else packs their shit and leaves. Yeah, yep. it's, I mean, it's just they they can get along at the playground, but once they're, yeah, once they start, they get a little bit. Of, once that old, yeah, they, once that old greasy box comes around there, and they, they get stupid in the head. Absolutely. So let's um let's go on to this one. We'll make this one kind of quick. It's a little short one. Um, I mean, it's just going to be a single answer for every one of us. Which arrow setup? We'll start with you, and we'll go to Jesse, and then I'll finish it out. Well, mine and yours is the same, so it don't matter. Ours different. It it's. That depends on everybody's preference, but I, I happen to just pick up a Matthews, and it came with gold tips and uh, with with uh, Rage broadheads. And, of course, you know, there's controversy there either way. So, But I was a muzzy guy for a long time. Yep. Um, and then – but once I got – I was able to – you know, I didn't buy them. They came with the bow, so mm-hmm. I guess I bought them somehow. And uh, – but I love them now. They, they – they spin so nice. They fly so straight. Yeah. So, um, for a little bit extra money, it's I think they're worth it. A good not not just gold tips, but any high end brand. Um, do you know the, which model they are? Or do you, you I don't. Yeah. I don't. Um, gold tip makes a good arrow. Yeah. But then again, I if it all depends on YouTube because I got a friend that walk into Walmart, grab one arrow, spin it in his hand. If it spins good. He'll kill a deer the next morning. Yeah, it's, free, it's crazy. But <laughs> I couldn't run into a deer if I tried. So, and that's my opinion. It, it, I think it's more getting the arrows. If it spins good in your hand, it's gonna fly good. Yep. So, what you? I don't know what I have. I have Ramcat 125 grain. Yep. With these really thin, heavy ass gold tip arrows. The, the gold tip pierce. That's your arrows. Oh, is it? Yes. Well, thanks. But, it's a good friend. Yeah. Well, I don't. The guy that I bought the bow and the setup from, elk hunts with this bow. This was his backup elk hunting setup, and he never hunted with it. He shot a hog or two with it, and he's our bow guy here in town. Super good guy. He can, I, kid can set up anything, but I can tell you one thing. I can shoot 125 grain field points, and I can shoot through a styrofoam deer target and a styrofoam target behind it, and the bastard will keep going. Yep. So, it comes out of a an elite ritual, and it's shooting. So I'm shooting Ramcat 125 grain mm-hmm. with whatever arrow you said I was shooting, but it's really thin. But them suckers will fly, and you can. I've shot 40. Shot 60 the other night, and I can hit the deer at 60. But I've still got a little bit of practice with him. But that, I don't know. I ain't killed a deer with it yet. I bought it last year and passed up a really a bunch of young eight points last year. Really good potential eights this year. But I just, I was texting Dingbat over there the whole time. I'm like, should I shoot him? Should I not? Should I, shoot? I never shot any of them. But um, we'll see what happens this year. I mean, they might be, he killed the crap out of a, he has the same setup on his main elk hunting bow, 
and he killed the crap out of a out of a real good bull elk last year with it punched right through him so we'll yep. see yep i shoot um same thing ramcat 125s i shoot the gold tip velocity xts which is you I mean it's a little bit of a lighter arrow but i got that heavy front end and that's where you get a lot of your accuracy is having more front end weight if you can oh, yeah. get that more front end so that's why i went to the 125s and you I mean i think it's got like another eighth quarter cutting i think it's an eighth he told cut. me that i was 425 425 grain yep is what i was going down range that's before your broadhead i don't i don't know yeah i could tell you one thing when it hits that damn target at the house It'll damn near blow the target and the bag behind it over. Yeah. And it's like a freight train hitting it. I've got a lot of people talk about my shooting a... Because technically a Ramcat is not actually a fixed blade. It, it will it move. Is, it is. Mm-hmm. But if you look at one, it's sharp on both sides of the blade, on the front and the back. And the blade will actually flip backwards for, say, if you don't get a pass through. Yep. And it starts moving in there. It'll actually cut coming back out, too. Oh, it's, that's it's, neat. It it's sharpened and beveled on both sides, so it it's a fixed blade. But what it'll do is, if the blade comes, you don't get when it comes back out, the yep. blades will actually flip around and cut the other way and cut the other way coming back out. Yeah, double damage. It you mean if you don't get the right setup with it, you it's hard to get that arrow to fly right because it's an offset blade. So like it's not yep. center of the shaft; it's an offset yes. blade. Oh, it has yeah. a twist to it. Yep. It, it actually twists. Mm-hmm. So you have to definitely shoot them out of your bow. But if you can get it to shoot right, yep. them things. I shot that deer, this will be three years now. I shot him through both shoulders. Went wow. right through his bow. We were going to use 15 yards, but smoked him right through. And it, you I mean, it sounded like you hit him with a two-by-four. So that's what I've shot. That's honestly what our bow guy shoots. That's why I... Started shooting them, loved them, and I'm just going to stick with them. Yeah, so. them ram cats is what he shot out west. If he can take a mule deer, antelope, yeah, elk, whatever down with these ram cats, I'm not saying there's not a good. You got to look at when I look at bow hunt, I look at bow life, Levi, oh Levi Morgan, that sucker can kill anything. At 120 yards, that basher can fold up anything you have, yeah, and. He shoots just a, a mechanical two-blade rage, I think it is. Nope, swacker. Swacker. Okay. He has that swacker, that blue swacker. And so it's, to me, it's not the broadhead. It's the, it's, it's the guy behind it. Yep. Do you know how to shoot, shoot it? it. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All so long. let's go on from the questions. Those questions, like I said, we'll get to the rest of them. I appreciate everybody that sends them in. We're getting, I mean, we're making that post now, and we're getting... 10 15 questions now we were getting like two and three now we're getting just a big flood of it we so get, we got a sponsor coming up for our questions so yep. we got to keep, keep keep it up absolutely yeah, they were good questions yeah Great. i mean we got some really good ones co- there's there's actually some really damn good one questions in there we didn't hit today so yeah it's just so hard to hit them but i mean we'll hold off on asking we'll finish out what we got in the next probably one or two episodes and then we'll we'll ask again and hopefully we get another flood but like i said appreciate everybody that Sends them in. We it's a pretty like I cool said before, It's my favorite part of the whole thing. Yep. So you've already introduced yourself. Said you do taxidermy work. So let's 
Yeah, kind of hit a little bit more on that. And, yeah, let's and hit a little bit come more. Come on into it. Yeah. So you said you do. You specialize now more or less in Florida deer. Um, what kind of got you to change over to that instead of doing a lot about a state? Uh, mostly uh, quantity. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. that and um, it's uh, Florida deer are special to me. They, I mean, they are what we hunt. Mm-hmm. What I, I, t- I have never hunted georgia believe it or not you know so uh it's i would love to but i just haven't never got there um but i have mounted a ton of georgia deer yeah Um, i love them it's just the florida deer to me is its own its own deer i mean everybody agree with that i believe Mm -hmm. so um and not just on the antler part of things so you know you hear about these small florida deer all the time uh, small necks, which granted they do have small necks. So, but far as um, wanting to only go to Florida deer, it, it's a number of things. It's hard to pinpoint one thing, mm-hmm. um, but I'm good at them. And I, that's been my goal to get to this point is to mount the best Florida deer I can and specialize that in for, for all of Florida. That way, um, they get the best Florida deer on their wall that they can get. Absolutely. And I feel like, too, you mean you you get where you can – you know how to mount a Florida deer. You know what the people are looking for. You know what how that deer is natural in Florida. And then also now your quality over quantity because you're taking, for say, less. Yes, yes. I used to do a bunch of deer. Um, I've been doing this for – 11 years now mm-hmm. and when i first started uh it, it i would do i would beg for six of them i would do them for a 100 bucks a piece just to get a deer i begged my buddies um i don't i don't know if you want to hear what what i how i got into it um but we can touch on that later yeah but it, it uh people were bringing me deer from all over georgia alabama south carolina um, but I would, I, so a few years ago I was doing a hundred deer a year and being this is kind of a part-time job, full-time job. I would, uh, I would take in all them deer, I, mm-hmm. but it got to where, but it was me and my wife, you know, my wife would come out there and help me or sit with me in the shop and, and, uh, I could, uh, I could knock out a ton of them. But now that I got a family, um, my job full-time job is taking up more time Mm -hmm. it was just the right thing to do and i I just clicked on me and said instead of telling these people uh you know i i gotta back off which i do i said well why don't i just flip this and go i'm gonna do the best florida deer i can because i love them Mm -hmm. and uh and that's gonna help everybody in the long run far as florida people Cause I can specialize in just them getting the best product. And so it's took me 11 years to get it. I'm pretty, I feel like I'm getting close. I'll never be, I'll never get it a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. And I, I mean, I went over some of your stuff after in which how we got you on was Mark from lower Florida. Yep. He, yep. Met, he sent us a message and said that we needed to touch base with you and get you on if you were a super great guy. So yeah, we, that's how we got started. But at, right after he sent your information to me, I looked over at your page and I mean, you can definitely see that Florida look, I mean, the deer 
just really just say Florida to well, me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, yeah, and, and going back to Mark, I, I actually, uh, you know, being on the district, I burn with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put in some of the dislines for him, and, and he could – I could see him on the line being – he's in Tampa and I'm in Brooksville. What happens is is I might see him on a burn for 20 minutes and talk to him about deer or, you know, being being what we both do, we kind of collaborate and talk and say, hey, did you – I love that deer. Hey, did you get that deer? Yeah, man, I, I, I got it in the shop. And, like, it's it's nicer than what you think or – you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, that or he'll just see me on the dozer – putting in a line for him to for burning that day and he'll just drive by on his folder and tip his hat to me um <laughs> but yeah I, I gotta give a shout out to him because he's uh he's doing some pretty pretty cool stuff there oh absolutely so. we were definitely grateful to have him on and then you mean for him to that's as soon as he recommended you i was like i told jesse i was like i i, I haven't even looked at his stuff but i know he's good because yeah, i know yeah my, i mean y'all could have picked a, a any and i'm blessed to be here because uh there's a ton of taxidermists in florida oh yeah so my you, neighbor that lives less than 200 yards from me does it yeah they're everywhere they're, they're they're everywhere I, now i'm so. not gonna mention his name i ain't hold a damn thing to him yeah he does he, no, no, he no. does good work yep but we got an 80 year old man up in laha that has been doing it he's done almost every one of these deer you see in here and that's just who we've been stuck with and yeah, yeah. it's one of the things of you know everybody has their own niche but one of these days he's going to retire right and we got to find somebody that i get a lot to, of that that's going to take care of us how we want to be you know right it's the longevity of that mount i want him to look good look natural look great and everything i've seen that you've done has been spot on well yeah. i appreciate that I, it didn't start out that way i promise you um it, it's been a long road to hoe uh i i actually went with a buddy to uh a taxidermist and i've always been interested in taxidermists since i was a little kid and we went to a guy and i happened to ask him i said hey would you mind if i watched you he says man if if your buddy don't care you can i'll i'll let you mount his deer and i looked at my buddy and he says i don't care hmm. so he uh what happened was is he's retired so i could I could go over there on the weekends, but he did it during the weekdays. Um, so he let me come over. We mounted that deer. He would do one ear. I would do the other. He would do one eye. I would do the other eye. So ha- luckily, we would swap ear to eye, so half of it, it would kind of balance out, mm-hmm. or else half of it would look terrible and half of it would look good. <laughs> That's just how it was. Yeah. Um, but we uh, we did that deer, and a buddy, a buddy of mine killed another one and brought it over, and he says, well, you can mount this one too. So I did that one with him, and then what happened was, is he says, "You know what? I'm uh, I'm re- I'm retired. I don't want to do this on the weekend. You, you're on your own." I was oh, like, okay, all right. I appreciate your time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went home. I saved up a, I think a thousand bucks, right? So I cleaned out my laundry room. Laundry's still going. Literally working on the top of the dryer as my bench, and I started. <laughs> mountain a couple deer i think i got six the first year and then uh you know 20 the next year mm-hmm. out of this 10 by 10 laundry room and then i got a few deer moved into uh another closed in my carport i did that for a while got a lot of deer in that way you know it, di- it didn't matter where i was working long as i had good product 
Absolutely. Really, you know, my skills were getting better. The guy that taught me said, look, you need to join the Association for Florida. And I did that, and it helped so much, just yeah. so much. And then, uh, so then the guy that taught me, this was, this was kind of, uh, a sh- you know, kind of a shocker, but it really, it, it really put me in place. But he, uh, he wouldn't never come to my shop. I said, Hey man, come over, you know? And so he, he ended up getting sick and I helped him mount a few deer for him. Mm-hmm. Well, one day he calls me out of the blue, DC, I'm going to come over. Hey, come on over. So he hung out for hours. So he left, and I was like, man, that was cool. You know, I was telling my wife, it was, finally came over. A couple of weeks later, he passed away. Oh, dang. Yep. So, uh, but he taught me everything to get me going. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, gave, his wife gave me all this stuff. So I ended up getting double of everything. So it really helped. And I've gave that stuff out throughout the years to other taxidermists and helped mm-hmm. people that's trying to get into it. But, yeah, that was a big deal. And then um, uh I think two years ago, what I did is I saved up and and with the help of a friend that does them um, steel trust pole barns, yep. he uh, he helped me out to build an awesome shop I have now. Um, it's it's if if anybody sees it or been in there, they love it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it really fits the the taxidermy, and I'm I'm definitely so blessed and happy to have it. So, mm-hmm. yep, and that's what I work in now, and I do. Uh, like I said, I've, I've done a hundred in one year doing this and now I'm down to about 45, which is a good number. So, mm-hmm. but I'll pick it up here it's and there. It's comfortable for you. Yeah. It's very comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Cause we got a, we have a processor in Georgia. It's Jonah's dad's favorite place to go. Oh, great. And <laughs> he does about 600 mounts a year. Wow. By he's got him and his kids. Right. And he'll go in there and his kids, you don't know who's going to mount your deer. No. It might be no, him. No. It might be his kids. It might be somebody he hires. And not granted, they do look good. Yep. But imagine having 600. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yep. Mounts. And you got to think, all right, I got 600 mounts. And he charges 650 a deer. Mm-hmm. Or six, 650 a deer. Somewhere, somewhere in there. Somewhere yeah, in that yeah. vicinity. I figured it up. That's 200 and something thousand dollars a year. That's good money in it. And he's his kids. He's got, you know, from an eight year old to a 22 year old and they're helping him work on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he does good work. Does good work. Not going to knock him. He's he's won a lot of trophies and a lot of stuff. And he is. And my biggest thing is he is teaching the youth. He has seminars at his place where he teaches. That's always young. That's always good on how to do like they've been doing squirrels and skunks and coons and stuff something simple something if you f it up you can throw it fuck away yeah but he's been doing a very good job of doing that kind of stuff and he i i respect him for that but he's almost mainstreamed it where he has no personal connection to your deer like right. you've some of us we've spent years chasing this deer we spent years killing it we we have spent thousands and numerous nights of, you know not sleeping just for you know jim bob's eight-year-old to paint your nose on your deer and that kind of don't sit wrong with me but i feel like i want somebody that's going to take their time and that's that's the main reason why i use jim up there 
is because he does one deer at a time and he's slowing down and he takes his it that's his pride and joy it's like you said with your florida deer that is you're going to make sure that florida deer looks like a florida deer when you're done you want to make yes. sure that thing looks good yeah i've i've done a lot of time uh looking at them measuring to to pick the right form and uh but like you said i i am the only one really in there um i'm i my hand is on every single one from start to finish that's what i i would rather a taxidermist do 40 deer a year than do 400 deer a year and the damn thing looks better on a 40 deer a year you might not be you, you might not be making you know, bankroll on it. You might no, not be able to retire no, off no, of it. You still right. got to do a day-to-day job. Yep. But guess what? That deer looks good. Your reputation is where it's at. Oh, and yeah. And somebody's yeah. going to say, you know what? Somebody did a really good job on my deer, and I'm going to use it. And then you tell the next guy, you tell the next guy. Then you get a select list of guys I'm going to do a deer for. And that's kind of almost what Jim up there is at now. He'll do only a few deer. Like I said before we started this thing, I've got probably the last turkey he'll ever do rest of his life right exactly. and that to me is special that turkey is going to be a special turkey to me not necessarily because he's a double bearded monster but it's because of the man that mounted it is an absolute legend that's it and so whenever you get older you want to be known as a legend in florida in florida <laughs> yeah yeah and that, like i said I mean, that's a goal. and you are well on your way because you've done a jam up job of what you've got going on right oh, now if i kill I another that. jam up job if i kill another good buck in florida he's coming to you well yeah and, and i tell everybody look shop around um it, there's there's so many out there and and like you said you've used one for a long time he's retiring um and you need to pick another one or you killed your first one and you're like look i want to this is my very first one i want to take it to the best i can and and everybody's uh, opinion on that is different so you're really it, it's a it's such a big market out there of who you can go to that you know take your time it's not you don't have to decide overnight you put it in the freezer yeah um I, i've had them ones in the house in the freezer for two years and yep. he just did them for me and my neighbor beside me was like well he's been in a freezer for more than 10 months i can't do anything with it. he's free and i got i got it you know i, I called jim jim i got two good bucks i got 10.8 point in here what i'm talking about that really good bucks killed you know finally in a position where i can get him out of he said bring him up i'll make him look fantastic That's it. beautiful bucks two yeah. and a half years in a freezer wrapped up in a in a plastic bag in a trash bag mm-hmm. tied him off at the horns he he beautiful deer yep. did an excellent job oh, on him good. other guy my neighbor like i said he's damn close to me to you <laughs> he <laughs> told me he, sa- he said i i can't i i don't i he gave me the him haul around it right but that's experience yeah it's uh it, i tell everybody that walks in the door I, or when they call me you know i'll get a message or a call and i'll say hey you know bring it over leave it in your truck come in the shop give me you know talk to me tell you know look around i got them on the wall you can see what i do uh if you like it bring it in the shop if you don't it's no it's not going to hurt my feelings no hard feelings no hard feelings at all i i've got i used to be like man i hope i get this deer i hope i get this deer you know but now i'm like look if if you don't it's no big deal there's another one out there so um 
most luckily, I have never had one leave. Yeah. They've always brought them in. So. Yeah. So let's touch on, so you haven't said nothing about it, which I know about this. Mark told me about it. So your part, you you mentioned something about them, but you didn't say how you're a part of it. Okay. Is the Taxidermy Association for the state of Florida. How are you in that? How did that all come about? All right. So like I said, I was, I was told I should join the Florida State Taxidermy Association. Every state has one. And then you got nationals and worlds and so on. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and joined, and then I started doing that and competing uh, in taxidermy. You can compete in any creature you would like. There's pretty much every category you can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started competing with deer, um, and it was so fun, so educational. that, and And not even just that, just walking into a room where it's, these people have brought in the best of what their abilities are. So you, I was, it was, it was like starstruck. I'm like, this is, this is amazing that this is around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing it many years, uh, since I think I've 10 years, I can say for sure. Mm-hmm. So a few years back, they asked me, I was like, I want to be, I want to be a part of this more. Like, how can I help? So, cause it is kind of a small organization. We might have, uh, 50 members to 100 members um, throughout the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. And we get people from Georgia and Alabama, and it, it becomes very big. So I joined the board, and that's where you help with uh, the decisions. They run it, you know, you have to vote on stuff, how we do things. And then uh, I uh, this past year, um, we had some changes for board members, presidents, and vice presidents. They asked me to be vice president, and they voted me in. So I am now uh, the vice president of the association, and it's been it's been fun. It's mm-hmm. been really fun. We're we're excited to get this next competition going. We have it in Gainesville. Um, it's not that far for anybody. We, uh, Saturdays we have open to the public. Um, so if anybody wants to come and see some great work throughout the taxidermy, uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool to come. So everybody's invited. And when is that? Uh, it'll be, I believe, the first weekend of February. Okay. Um, I believe that's what we chose. And uh, it, it's a, I think it's going to be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't quote me on that. It could be when. I think we're talking about changing the dates. But I always post it on my page. Mm-hmm. Um, we posted out. We have a Facebook page. We have a website. You can find that at um, Florida Taxidermy Association, mm-hmm. Florida State Taxidermy Association, and then uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty neat to look at. It, it 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 blows your mind how many people are out there that do the same thing. Yeah. They, we all know each other. We become friends. So it's a good association for sure, all around. Yeah, I bet you it's a very strong knit. Group. It is. We we become friends on you know now with social media. You can you can talk to anybody, right? Absolutely. And see their work and mm-hmm. uh, and it's bounce off each other. Hey, how'd you do that? How'd you do this? Or man, that was a great buck. Where's that thing from? So or ducks or fish or you know we have everything. Yeah, I. I feel like, too, you mean, from what I'm gathering from you, that 
it's not hey bring it over here don't don't take it to such and such hey, no it's y'all no, and and i ain't gonna say there's not no negativity between people's you know between everybody not that it but you will not see most everybody that i know that i'm associated with because i put that negativity away it's mm-hmm. not worth it yep. just we are all about helping each other um and because and, that's what it is we need more taxing i i i am always promoting the association to try to get more people if y'all wanted to leave here and do taxidermy and mount your own deer i would go for it you yep. know what i mean it's there's nothing to say you can't do it yourself there's with internet and the association you can you can learn it no problem yeah and i feel like also you mean there's too many deer that get killed that people want to get mounted for one person to mount them, two people, even 25 people. So you got to have everybody. So it's not, you're not taking business from somebody else. You got to have. It's getting bigger and bigger every year, I feel like, because there's, if you look at it, this is a complete opposite topic. I'm going off in left field. But the size of the deer being killed in the United States is growing year to year due to management practices. Yes. And so people are wanting to get more and more deer mounted yes. every year. Yep. And I went from the first 27 years of my life to never having a deer mounted to now I have two deer mounted and a turkey mounted. But now I'm 29. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep going with it as long as I keep killing a respectable animal. And I feel like people are going to keep doing that. I'm not going to, you know, 15 years ago, I wasn't killing the quality Mm -hmm. of deer that I was killing now. And I feel like as we're going, people are starting to really get into that management practice where you're killing a really, you know, you get a 130, 120 inch, even a 200 inch deer out West is becoming more of a common thing. Them deer are going to get mounted. Yeah, and there's going to be a pile of them. Right. I tell everybody because you know we can. I don't want to talk prices really, but what happens is is you'll get somebody to say, "Man, you're you're expensive." And I'm like, "Well, it just comes down to you haven't killed a big enough one yet. That's all it is. Or you haven't had one with enough sentimental value to to get mounted because a a lot of that is is the memory with it. I always your my neighbor is. 150 bucks cheaper than Jim. Mm-hmm. But I'll go yeah. to Jim. And yep. that's, and you being a taxidermist, I know you're not going to say this. I'll say this just being a hunter and being. You get what you paid for. Deer on the wall. Why do I want to go save 50 to to $100 when I have to sit on my couch and watch TV and look over that deer and go, I wish I'd have spent that extra $100? Yeah. yeah. Or. I wish I'd have went and got it done because now I look at it in prime example. Um, somebody I know got one done <clears throat> and it was early on in the guy's taxidermic career. Yep. And I don't, I mean, I get what he was trying to do, but just, and I mean, we'll touch on this. We'll definitely, and I'll post some pictures of this, what we went over before we got on the podcast, but what he did was, and you even brought this point up, but I didn't say nothing to you. He tilted the four horns slightly forward yep to make him look bigger mm-hmm. and he don't look right yeah you notice it i noticed because because he was not that way anatomy he was not that way to 
to begin with. Absolutely. So my it's my uncle that has it. Every time I go to the, his house, I look at that deer. Yeah, eats and, you up, don't you? Yeah, and it's a good deer too. He yeah. actually killed it out of state, but it's a good deer, and it eats him up too. Yeah, he's just like, that's not right. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. But you I mean, he's he's he don't want to spend the money getting redone. But yeah, I I would have to me personally. Right. So I feel like I said, me as a hunter, I can say this that I'm going to take it to somebody that I'm confident in when I. I don't want to be driving when they give me the call, say, Hey, your deer's done. Come pick it up. I don't want to be driving to that place. Worried about it. Worried what I'm going to walk into that place and go, I hope it's done right. I hope it's done right. I want to know when I go there, I'm excited to go see that deer because I know it's done right. I know it's going to look like when I shot that deer, he's going to look good. You you showed me some turkeys this spring. Mm -hmm. I got some turkeys. You showed me this spring. I throw them fucking things in a dumpster. (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, Those fucking things look terrible. Turkeys are either bad or they're really good. But this is the thing. So the guy I'm talking about, Jim, up there in Laha, he has mounted every one of these deer in this room and that hog. Them two deer and that hog are almost 30 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That deer is about 15 years old. Right. The deer ever at my dad's house I was telling you about, that Florida buck and that Georgia buck was killed from a young taxidermist in St. Cloud, Osceola County area, he paid 200 bucks a piece for each one of them to be done. At the same time, he put him on a mount for him. Them deer are probably right same, same age as that deer right there. Same conditions. We're yep. not talking about... It's only the last couple of weeks we've been turning the air conditioner on in this room. So this deer's been sitting here for the last 12 years, 10, 12, 15 years with nothing on him. Them deer over there, completely deteriorated. Right. The whole face, everything. Only thing on earth is, is this. You can see the styrofoam and the horns. Wow. And that's it. But I don't know what it is about what Jim does, but he does a better job because I think he's more experienced. He's got, he told me he started in 78 or 79 is when he started doing taxidermy work. That's and now time. it's 2022. Right. So that tells you how many years he's been doing this. And he will not do a turkey or fish because he says the chemicals in a paint booth mess him up too much. He used to, he lived on fish whenever I, like, back in the day, that's where he made his money. Fish, bass was his favorite thing to do. I can tell you why that is because there was a lot more bass getting mounted back then. Yeah, it's just a picture now. Yeah, yeah now, it's, now it's like, oh, I killed a 10-pound bass. I got to throw him back. Well, Fuck yeah, but that. Ten, I'm going to eat that some yeah, bitch. But t- back then, 10-pound bass were everywhere. Yeah. 8-pound bass were everywhere. And now it's, it's you know, they, they just don't mount them as much anymore. And there's, I think, even there's programs <clears throat> where if you take a picture of that bass, of the scale, if he's over, I think it's 8 pounds, and you video, I think it's yes. video or take a picture of you releasing yeah. that oh. fish, you... You enter to win. I want to say it's a boat. Yes, they do. Yep. So they give out awards, and, then, and I think uh, every time, and then they'll mount that fish for you. Yeah, a replica of yeah, that. Yeah, replica. They'll yep. do a replica. participation trophy. Yeah, I've done. I've done a lot of stuff. Like I, I haven't just done deer. I've used to do bobcats and coyotes and snakes and fish and domestic goats. Whatever I get my hands on, just to learn <laughs> it. But eventually, I, I was. The guy that taught me said, look, mount everything and decide what you want to do. Yep. 
and I just started doing that. And then eventually I was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'd like them, but I, I don't want to do them. Cause I, you know, fish, I used to do a ton of fish, but, and I was pretty good at them. It's just something that I, it's not worth the time. I'd water, I'd rather concentrate yeah. on one thing. And, yep. I, and, and like you said, with doing bad work and good work and, Anytime a customer comes in, I have something on the wall. I said, look, and this is from when I started, when my deer were terrible. Everything I did was terrible because I was new. I didn't, I didn't go to a school to do it. I just had to learn it. Videos, um, the association, um, doing seminars and stuff to pick up little things. But what would happen was is I would tell them, hey, this is my work. This is what it is, and it's only getting better. So this is what you're going to get if you're happy with it. You know, let's do it. If not, it's no problem. I, yeah. I get it. So. And you can probably look back at your progression now oh, that you're big time. You can see it on my on my page. Really, you, if you look back on my old stuff to now, you can see the difference. Oh and yeah, that, you can I, tell he's. Oh, he he's an all star now, especially good at Florida there. Well, and and well, there's there's quite a few of them. I, I I am getting better, especially in the competition. Like I that deer I showed y'all that I have in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I competed with it this past year, and I got a, a second place, a Masters, which is uh, amazing. I'm so, so, it's, it's, I'm getting better. Yeah. Right? But then you got, you know, there's some guys out there that you're competing with that's like really good, and they're, and, and they've been doing it less time than me. You know mm-hmm. that, and, uh, you know, I, I don't. There's so many I could point out that's just come a long ways, and they're, it, what I like to see is that they are wanting to get better, and that's what we got to do as a taxidermist is don't get stuck on, hey, I'm going to make good money just by doing this. You, you do – that's the quantity to quality. Yep. If you want to do – I want to do less deer for the same amount of money. Yep. Yep. So, but it looks better. That's it. That's, that's, that's all it. I care about. Yep. I want – the end of the day – your reputation is what counts. Yeah. And if you do a very good job for the same amount of money as that guy that's doing 400, but you're doing 40 yeah. and yep. you're doing just, a, you're doing a better job than him. That's all that matters. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. And, and I wish, see, I don't post a lot of pictures of how I do that, but I can, I can speak a little bit, but to get a Florida deer to look right, there is no molds for Florida deer. There's a couple, but not, not like you would think, because everything's based off. Of, they make these molds off of northern deer. Yeah, they're all so I, goats I actually, around here. I, I like a, a certain a certain brand, and they've they just look really good. I, I I let customers pick too, like through my books, and they usually go with what I recommend. Mm-hmm. Or hey, I do like that. Well, but I will have to modify these deer. <clears throat> they're they're not fit. They don't fit correctly. And this took me time. This took me time to realize and do my homework on. But I will cut a deer in half and make, instead, you know, people wanting to make them bigger, I make them smaller to fit our deer. Mm-hmm. To make them look anatomically correct, I will cut the head in half. I will cut them in four pieces and put them back together to fit, to make them look the way we need to look um, yeah. on our Florida deer. And that's where the detail, I feel like, comes in. You I mean, you're, you're taking that extra step to do something that nobody else is doing. Right. And that, that's what sets you apart. And one thing I want to go back to that, I've noticed, I feel like in the last, I don't know, probably five, six years mm-hmm. since this big uproar, social media and everything like that, I just feel like back then there was good taxidermists, but I feel like they've stepped the bar up 
They have. More. Oh, yeah. Because I've looked at deer that's been mounted, and like even like the guy that we use, he's been in it since the 70s, that his quality of work's got better. And, you mean, you in the early 2000s, you, I think he already had 20-something years, and you know he was good. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like he's even stepped out in like the, the detail stuff. The, the muscle tone in the neck, the and I don't know if it's the, the molds has got better or just... Have, well, that is true, yep, because they used to not have that many molds to work off of. These deer in your in this podcast room, that's you know, it, which is a great room, I got to say that. I got to <laughs> say, it. this place is awesome. <laughs> but the, the deer that's on the wall, you can tell they're you could tell older mounts. That deer to that deer, exactly. you can they tell have no, 100%. That's what I was going to get at. That deer is thirty years old. Yeah. Well, and that it has, deer is only about 10, 12 years old. And it has no um, definition in the None. brisket and the shoulders. No. And then you come no. over to this deer, and it's got brisket shoulders. Yes. Yep. So because the they're it's a progression. Well, it's a progression, and you can see it. And and that's what I mean by there's so many taxidermists now because it's so easy, and to uh, and and I'm guilty of it. I came in at a perfect time to where all these companies are coming out with amazing products amazing molds um to make sure that you get the best product you can Mm -hmm. um but and i mounted a lot of deer without touching a mold or or, a foam mold you know Mm -hmm. that the skin goes on and uh and and now i realize that hey you know i could do better i can do better i was having trouble in certain spots with ear butts and the wit you know my skin's being tight around the the necks and the faces just not lining up. I cannot get this correctly. And I says, you know what? I, I I either hear something or a judge tells me at a competition you need to do this, try this, and and then it just clicks to you. And uh, but it's a lot of work. It's it's not. And that's where people that are getting good money for deer, I guarantee they're doing the extra work to get it. Absolutely. Yep. So that's what I like about Jim is he'll do one deer at a time. Yep. You might put 40 deer on him at a time, 40, 50 deer. But he'll tell, he'll eventually tell you, I'm busy. I don't have time for you. Yeah. But he'll does one deer at a time. And I've asked him. My dad's gone up there. My, every one of these deer here has been mounted by him. And there's, I'll show you, there's 15 deer over there that's falling apart from him. Mm-hmm. And, but. Well, that's, that's too, the, the, the process has changed, too. You, yes. Back then, it was only dry preserve. Nobody really tanned hides. And that's a good a good thing to bring up is that, you know, when you go to your taxidermist, you got uh, prices are going to be dictated on that too. Lower price means probably not tanning them. They might be doing dry preserve, which means it's a you clean the hide, you rub this powder on it, which dries the skin out. Um, and then tanning, you're actually turning these skins into leather, which in return in the long time last longer it's just like a rug yeah. yeah yeah but i mean and i'm not saying i mounted a lot of dry preserve deer and i i if if tanning went away i keep mounting them dry preserve mm-hmm. but it, it you do you do get better um control of the skin which taxiderm if the word taxidermy means taxi which means placement and then dermy is skin so literally you are move movement of skin and putting it in place so uh, that's where the taxidermy comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so really all it is is movement of skin. Mm-hmm. And for the, I get a lot of people when I mount one, I'll say, hey, I got your deer mounted. Um, 
and they'll write me in. Can I come get it? Just, no, it don't work that way. These you, dry a little bit. Yeah, it, they're wet when we put them together, and then moisture is the air uh, dries them out, and it and you can do that slowly, fastly. You want to do it at a certain rate that you can control the skin, so you don't have pullage. Their eyes don't pull. Your ears don't shrink up. Um, so it takes about anywhere from depending on your shop and your area. Florida is very hard with our moisture, so climate control is a big thing to help. Uh, your floor, even if you if the shop has concrete floor, uh, it, it'll take longer because concrete holds moisture. Mm-hmm. So my shop has a wood floor, and just for that reason, I can take three days off of the drying time just because of my floor. Huh. So. Um, but that means I have to control it better. I have to be messing with them. When I go to work, I go out there. If I have deer on the wall, I'll spend a few minutes on each deer to move that skin where I want it so it don't pull too much um, or placement and before I go to work. Mm-hmm. So, and then when I get home, I do the same thing, and I have to do that for the total of a week and a half to two weeks. Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Like, thing bad over here down the road. It takes about a year turnaround for him. I can haul deer up gyms in 30 to 45 days I have him back. Well, that that's his process. That's But the, he puts it in a damn shed that has no climate control. Right. It's just outside. Yeah. But and, it has a shed out there. And now, he does have a window shaker in it like we do. Mm-hmm. But who says it runs? Now, so th- that's another thing, too, is timeline. A lot of people, if you notice, and, and you might be one of them that just don't want to wait. To be honest, like you said, waiting is quality. I'm going to tell you that. You know, when you get somebody that says, oh, I'm going to get this deer back in three weeks. Well, I can promise you that is probably dry preserve, be a low-cost deer, which is nothing wrong with it if you're happy with it. Yes. There's, you know, and then you get people that's like, I have literally had people when they call, because I, and, and I'll say this today, my price is 600 materials are going up. Um, everybody else as a taxidermist is going up. Yep. Um, you can see that on social media, and I don't blame them. If that's if if that is what they want for work and what they need to get, get it. If they can get it, get it. Because um, you can go from a three hundred dollar deer to an eight hundred dollar deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, that dictates a lot. Your price dictates on how they do that deer. As far as dry preserve tanning good eyes you see these eyes on these those are pitch black they're old eyes yep. nowadays our eyes are so realistic that if you shine a light on them they are literally look just like a deer eye yep and they're they're more money they're you know they're 20 the bucks the one at the house looks like yep. an actual deer looking at me yeah and these are old here but the ones at the house and actually in the house you can actually shine a light at them and you're like god damn that's a damn deer yeah. eye well that's a 20 dollar eye you know, yeah. a set of eyes t- to a three-dollar set of eyes. Yep. So that's a big difference, and I, I mean, even people that I mean, I'm not a taxidermist. I can, I, I have no idea what. The, no, I, I know I the process, but I don't mm-hmm. know how it goes. But I can tell you, I I know a good mount from a, a bad mount. Yeah. Because I know what a deer looks like. Right. I'm a hunter. I I see deer on a pretty yeah. high scale. So, but yeah. So, is there anything you want to add? Because I got a question for you. But okay. If, throw it out there. What's the worst you've seen? Far as my first one, Cape, w- not 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 your <laughs> oh, work. Cape work. Yes, like, like I want to see like cape wise or deer wise. I want to know what is your worst. 
like someone caping a deer out and bringing it to you, oh. and, the, and the damn thing's cut off at his you, fucking you neck, like there. halfway up you his neck, and you're there. like, all right, oh. I'd like to have a really shorter, good, a good shorter mount deer on this son of a bitch. So you're t- out there stretching I, the hell out of yeah. him or some dumb shit like that. Literally, when we were talk- when I was talking to Mark Maggard, uh, I he mentioned it. I says, man, if I got on there, I'd hurt some people's feelings. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to do that, but I have to bring it up, and you just brought it up. Yeah, so, I want to know what. What do you want as a taxidermist? What I, is your ideal cape? Okay, so the the ideal cape, and I actually have a video on my on my page, um, is one that is not cut all the way up the neck or the brisket. So these people, if you don't know how to skin a deer properly, ask somebody that does, and don't and I'm <laughs> Don't let them drink before they skin it. Or you don't drink. <laughs> uh, skin the deer first and then drink. <laughs> I'm telling you, beer is the... They'll be like, man, I didn't, I didn't do that. How many beers did you have before the... Uh, five? Don't we well, knock there it. you go. You don't five. even remember. Five, that's rookie numbers. Well, you better yeah, pump true. it up. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, if it was me, I'm not, I don't drink beer. So if I drink one, I'm done. See, I'm you, about, you I about went over. Ten. You're on your 10th. You're done. 10th. You're already falling over. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> There it is. Hit the if, table. If you, knew, if, if you knew how many I drank in that tractor earlier over that fucking baler, <laughs> I'm going to burn that piece of shit to the ground. Yeah. Anyways, so, keep any, going. Anyways, okay. So I'm going to teach you how to skin a deer through this microphone. All right. Okay. So you're going to hang this thing from the feet. Not the antlers. We are not Yankees. Yes, correct. We're Florida. Thank you. Thank back you. Feet. Thank you. Thank you. Hang him up from yep. the back feet. Yep. Hang him from the back feet. So the first thing you're going to do is inspect that deer. Look at, when you're look at. Does he have a bob wire mark? Because I have so many people come into my shop and see a line down it from a bob wire prong and blame it on me. Mm-hmm. Like, look, did you even look at this deer? I know you're looking at antlers, but when a deer comes into my shop, I'm giving the guy the time to uh, look at these antlers. These things are nice. In the corner of my eye, I'm looking at this hide going, are these ears good? Do they have a bunch of ticks? Is this thing cut up bad? That's what I'm looking at. Um, But anyway, so you're going to hang them from the feet. You're going to make a line with a good knife underneath the skin. A good Havilon is the best one I've found. One of the flip blades. Um... You're going to make a circle mid-rib on that deer, completely around his belly. Like, end of the ribs, mid-rib is a good area, depending on what kind of mount you're going with. But the end of the ribs are, is, is a good, good line. Then you're going to take that deer like he's walking, pull his leg up to you, so his foot is vertical you know, with you. Vertical with you. Yep. Horizontal, actually. Yeah, that's horizontal. Be horizontal. Yep. So then you're going to poke that knife in, at the white and brown line that's right in front of your face. It's going to be right on top. If that deer is looking at you straight, you cannot see this line. It is on the back side of his legs. Yes. So when you pull that up to your... Pull it up to you. There it you is. You go down. What I've learned from my dad, and I can tell you now, I am... I don't know how to do it. He can. What he'll do is he'll get behind the shoulders. He'll go all the way around him. Yep. And then he'll go from like, like you said, from almost to the elbow, yep, on on the on his legs, That's it. on the inside. He'll go straight up to him yep. on both sides. Yeah. So you're and then pull. he'll 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 get him up to the chest right here. Yes. And that's where he'll 
springing per se flayed open yes. and all the way around him. Right. And then from there, it is peel all the way all back way. to the head. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want from shoulders to the head to be complete. Yes. And then what you guys want from there is you told me you guys can trim from there. What you guys want from there, it's on you. Right. But if you give them a shoddy ass cut job, you're gonna have a shoddy ass deer. That's it. So you're yeah, you're gonna take that knife, you're gonna poke it in that white and brown line. Not I say not the inside one. Not on the inside of the leg, because there is two white and brown lines. It's gonna be that one on top. You're gonna take it and poke it in there and follow it up. When you get to the armpit, you got a lot of loose skin there. So what you do is you push that leg back down and that tightens up his skin. And then you follow that white and brown line up and you can go straight up to your circle on both sides. Once you do that, there's no more cuts. The rest is peeling down the neck. You're gonna peel down to about three to four inches. Don't leave 18. We don't need it because yeah. we got to deal with that. Yes. Right? So peel it down to three inches, four inches. It's not that hard. Take your time and then cut it off. And then <clears throat> that's all we need. That's really it. And from there, what you're going to do is, and don't be laying it in the, in the leaves dirt and dirt. And leaves and the pine straw. Yeah, and man. It, it, it's, it's more work on you guys. It to is. Clean that shit up. Yep. And it's it going to be fatty. Well, and this process is the very first process. You don't go gutting it. You don't go starting to skin it. That's what my dad did. I'm like, what yep. the hell are you doing? Let's get the guts yep. out of this stuff. But she's like, no, yep. we got to get this guy skint down yes. to the neck. And we always go to that notch. There is a notch where the skull and the spine comes together where you can go through it with a knife. My grandpa taught me this, and I'll do it forever. But you can get all the way up to the back of the well, skull. I'm going to talk you out of that. And we would cut through that. Yeah. We'd peel it down to lot. there, cut it off right there, and give you the whole... I just give the skull and the cape. Yeah, and that's well, it. Well, we we want like at least two vertebrae on the neck. So you want some extra vertebrae you, on well, it. Well, and here and I'll explain why that on our end because nobody thinks about it. But I, a, I don't I don't know why. So on a taxidermist when we're when we're skinning the head out, um, if that head is cut down to the knuckle there at the back of the head, it does what this deer's doing. It just flops around everywhere on the table. When you have two knuckles. On that neck, it holds it up for us yes. to help us skin it out. So it gives you an idea of where he's supposed to be. Well, not no, not even that. When you because we got to cut a line on the back of this head. Yes. So when it's when it's laid back here, it's very hard for us to get. If there's if there's a couple vertebrae, um, it'll hold it up to help us. And it's not the antlers aren't flopping everywhere. Yeah, because that deer you got in your hand right there is how we always skin our deer right down, especially if we're. Like, yeah, try try to come back a couple notches because I I'll take a pair of damn cutters, yep. limb shears, limb shears as well, and yep. I'll saw, go all the way around him, saw. limb shear him off right there at the head. That yep. deer you got in your hand right there, he was buried in my sand in my playpen yeah, at my tell. sand pit at my house for six months. Well, at least the nose is still on. Yeah. yeah. Well, from there, what you do is you you uh, everybody asks this point, what do I do once I got it skinned out? Like it's caped out. We call that caping. Um, from when you get it off the head or off the body, the skin off the body. So then what you do is you put it in a garbage bag and, and it can go around the antlers. You ain't got to, I mean, if it's small enough, you can go around the antlers, but most of the time we want one that don't go around the antlers. That, that way you got a good deer. 
uh, close it up and put it in uh, the cooler if you're going to bring it to me or whoever you bring it to you. I don't care if you bring it to me or your grandma. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. This is how she's going to like it. <laughs> and um, so put it in the cooler and don't let it get wet. That's the, the hair on a deer does not like to be wet. Um, even dragging them, dragging them. I always pick it up. I'll have a buddy help me. I'll wait for a buddy. If I'm going to mount this deer, I'm not dragging them shoulders on the ground. I'm going to ask somebody to so help me. So wetness messes Wet, it up? Yeah, dragging it through the on the ground. Well, I don't know if you when you drag one a long ways, the hair's gone on the shoulder. Yep. Well, if you're wanting to mount that deer and you drag it for a long ways, it's going to do the same thing. Yep. Right. I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. So when you when you get one in a garbage bag and you put it in your cooler, make sure it's good ice. Keep the water out of it. Don't let the water yep. just sit in. I there. don't ever. I don't yep. ever the leave ice out. on it. I, or I, I don't ever let let water stay on it. Right. That deer, yep. that 11 point I killed last year. It's a long story, but I had to keep that bastard in Fernandina Beach, which is wow. north of Jacksonville, yep. for a week because I killed him on Sunday night. My dad wouldn't bring him home because there's a new Florida law, and I'm going to say this out loud. A new Florida law that states that you cannot bring anything home that has a brain or work because of the CDs. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk so, about that a little bit if you want to. But So my dad would not bring him home, mm-hmm. so I had to bring him home. So I brought his ass to Fernandina Beach with me where I was working on Monday morning. I killed him Sunday night. I kept him on ice, and he his horns would not fit in the cooler. So I had to put ice on him like twice or three times a day and keep this damn like almost it's the eco cooler it was like a Yeti cooler. So luckily, what I wanted to find out after the first day is I put a black trash bag over the cooler and kept mm-hmm. him in there. But I kept the water drained off of yes. him the whole time, yes. and I kept it. I kept the bag. I kept his head and his cape inside of a bag and tied off at his horns. Yep. And I kept him in ice, submerged in ice. I wasn't not worried about the horns, but the head and the cape. Yep. Kept That's him in exactly ice right. for over a week, and then I brought him home and put him in the damn freezer. Yep. And now he's on the wall. But that was one of those iffy things. It of, is. It is. I get a of, lot of you know. I got him all the way down to the skull, and he's been on ice or frozen. Why are we worried about, you know, that chronic disease, per se? Which I get it. it, it it's coming our way. I get it. But at the same damn time, you cannot be so damn anal about some of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's very controversial on, on that and, and far as bringing him across state line. And I should have mentioned that when I was... When we were talking about me going to only de- Florida was, deer, that's what I was going to say. It, it, that is a big reason because, you know, having having deer skin out at a processor or uh, processors are, in my opinion, are and and there's some good ones out there. But I've gotten a lot from processors that they're doing so many they don't they don't take the time to skin them out right because you got to skin. Now I'm sure everybody has known by now, but if you don't know, you cannot bring a deer a whole head across state line. No. Across Florida line. Yes, from, the from skull cap yep. and the horns that's it. and the cape. Yeah, the cape and, that's and it. cut the skull cap out in the brain. Not just the brain. This is where a lot of people mess up. You, They just pull the brain out. Well, the it brain, has to be the cap. It has uh, to well, be the a, horns only. Well, well there's a layer of, of membrane in between this bone and the brain. Huh. And that is what is, it, 
far as I know, that is what's carrying the, the CWD. Yeah, because that's what I figured. It, it's not so much the brain. It's, it's some kind of disease it's or embrane in yeah, there. Yes, well, it's a membrane around the marrow. Yep. Um, so what if uh, if you don't peel that out too, which is not a big deal, um, it, it's, it's a small piece and a brain cap. Now, what says from out. your processor in Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, wherever you killed it from, from there to Florida, if you bring a deer home, that processor here in Florida, they can't take it. But where is that disease going to get from the inside of his shop to the local to the to a deer? From how is it going to transfer? So here's what happens on that part. If you brought me a whole head from a CWD state. Yep. And I skin that head out and I take, um, and, and this is, I'm speaking of me, I don't do this because it could happen. Yes. Let's say I take a deer in, I skin this thing out like I'm going to mount mm-hmm. it, and I cut that. Now I have that, uh, that head, that skull. I have, let's say you leave a leg in there or something, and I cut that leg off, and I go out there and throw it in the ditch, and now potentially if that deer has cwd and it goes in the ground and the grass roots up and that another deer walks by and eats that piece of grass he's gonna get that cwd so it grows in the grass it's not a body-to-body thing it's not that's well, what it, i was always is. wondering well, was well well they just what it is is they're 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 having more uh if there's more interaction between the deers and yes. all that there's but far as a dead animal getting getting giving cwd to another deer is that's how it's happening yeah the parts of a deer going in the ground is is what is spreading it so if that makes sense yeah i get it that's just it's a pain in the ass on our end it is and, but, but i understand i understand it well it, it's here it's, and it's not going to change it's so. not going to change but it's one of the things of like so we daryl's favorite place in georgia they will actually cape it out and cap the mm-hmm. so it'll give you the horns with a skull cap with a preservative on it yes. and they will put the hide or the cape into a bag and freeze it for you and nice. bring it home and the guy told us up there he said look so we told him he said hey man i'm not saying you're doing a bad job you do a very good job but we have a guy at home that we've been using yeah. for 50 years or whatever, and he's done a very good job, and that's what he used. And he actually told Jonah and Daryl and them, he said, look, he said, I respect you guys being loyal to that one guy. That means a lot to me. And loyalty, he says, I have my loyal customers to me that I, you know, he says, so I will do it for you. It's $35 for, uh, for him to skull cap it out and cape it out put it in a bag freeze it and have the and i actually brought one home my brother's my brother's girlfriend cut a really good deer last year and we bought it home he did all that stuff for him bought it home dropped it off at jim's he did a jam up job but you know it had a lot of ticks and scars and shit in him Mm -hmm. he wasn't a local deer he was and i you know he wasn't one that i've been raising for years but he did a jam up job on him but is one of the things of how many of them people are you gonna yeah. catch out there that are going to to do that do that yeah. for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
caping them out whenever uh, I get some really bad ones sometimes that people have done. It's they cut down the brisket, and that, it's hard for us to fix that. You know, I mean, we can sew them up or patch them here or there, but it's you're going to notice it, which makes me look bad whenever mm-hmm. you can see something that is y'all's mistake. Um, so take the time to to do your research and ask the right person or call the taxidermist and they'll tell you the best way they want it and uh because i've seen some bad ones over the years uh but i've also had some really good customers do a good job because they've done the research so yep um, it just helps us in the long run and makes a better product for y'all yeah the first time i ever seen or i had to or i was in around anything caping one out this was for cwd everything my uncle owns a place down in mexico actually you got to go across the border and you have to get the way to get it back across. You have to go through all this. You have to jump through hoops and yep, all this yep. kind of. You got to have a tag and stuff. So we had to cape deer out to come back across. So it was it was a whole process. But yeah, we had to. I mean, and it, my dad knew how to cape them out somewhat, but we sat there for a while and just really, yeah, particular it, on. And there's uh, there's videos to do it now, um, so you can do a good job and. It's really not as hard as you think. I tell everybody to, to cape them out on the head. You know, when you're taking the skin off the head, practice on some that you're not going to mount. Just Or if you're doing a European. or um, So uh, practice makes perfect. So just do that. If not, if you take it to a processor, a lot of times they'll do it. If you take it to a taxidermist, you can ask them. Most of them will do that for a small fee. Um when I was taking them in, what I would tell people is get a receipt of how much it costs you to have that done, and I will take it off the price of the mount because that's some, that's work I didn't have to do. Okay. So it it makes it easy on the on the you. Mm-hmm. So. So let's um. I think we've pretty much hit on the whole the taxidermy stuff and everything like that. Yes. Would you be in in Florida and mounting pretty much strictly only Florida deer now? Um, we talked about it before we got on the podcast you even on that on your side of the deer you've can kind of age a deer far as skull size antler everything like that that a lot of people don't know yeah being being i you know i feel like i even though i don't kill a lot of deer i mean i kill a few every year not many Mm -hmm. um but i i i have my hands on a lot of deer and i like them so much that they are a amazing creatures so not just doing taxidermy which um this kind of makes you different and you'll meet a lot of taxidermists that have a lot of pride in these deer and and respect them for what they are and what god created so you learn a lot from them Mm -hmm. on you know these antlers their body their anatomy aging um i hear all this stuff about aging them well over time that i've cut these antlers off so many that I've kind of learned a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have cut, you know, I, I, I'm up over 600 deer now that I've, I've mounted. And doing that, you have your hands on a bunch of them. So I, I, will, I will try to explain this, uh, this theory that I have that some people are going to go, man, that is, that is a really good idea. I've never even thought about that. And I will have some people go, There's, that's not right, because this is something you don't hear about often. Mm-hmm. But I have done the research on from antlers to teeth to make sure that this is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I've took the time to learn how to, how to age these teeth and measure these deer and know the design of how this deer works. 
So um, if if you want to, I'll, I'll I'll try to explain this if you like. Yeah, for sure. Let's okay. jump into it. You mean? So I, I brought a, a head of a mount, a foam piece, if uh, you'd hand me that. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do my best to explain this over the microphone. If you have a deer's head, on, and if you're looking at a mount or a live deer on your camera, that deer's eye, his pupil is going to be level. On competing, if that eye, if that deer's sitting there and that eye pupil is not level, you will get points ding for you. And I might make a little noise because this thing might hit the table a little bit, and I apologize. Um, but if you look at a deer on your wall or a deer that's on your camera, and God made them this way for a reason. So the tips of his antlers are going to help you dictate how old this deer is. It's, it's designed in his body. So on a young deer, his antlers are going to be very far back. So when he's growing in velvet, it, his, and I, if you look at one when he's growing, you see one in a field, and you're like, man, that thing is big. This is darn velvet. You go, man, look, it looks like a basketball hoop over there. And the reason is is because his antlers are pointing straight up. Mm-hmm. So the older he gets, when he starts to get closer to getting that velvet off, I, I always say like the last two weeks are the most important days of that deer's antlers and growth. And depending on his age, if you get a deer that's young, his antlers are not going to come forward that much. But a deer that's older, his tips are going to come forward. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come forward for a reason. He, uh, God designed him to have, uh, it's just like us as we're kids. His bones are weak. Um, a deer's um, bone does not get, start getting hard until he's two and a half years old. That is, that is proven fact. Mm-hmm. His bone is still growing. It's very soft. So what happens is, is them tips, when he's young, it's just like us in the playground. We're not going to get in fight a lot. But the older we get, you know, we can get some bone, we get some muscle. I can start fighting. Mm-hmm. So I need these antlers to work for me. So the farther forward I get, the more um, strength I have. And geometry-wise, that I can push on these things. I can put a lot of pressure on these. Mm-hmm. But when I'm young, I can't. So what I'm trying to say is, is the tips of these antlers Uh, On a a one-and-a-half-year-old, if you draw a line down his face when he's standing there, behind his eye, he is one-and-a-half years old, no older. Mm -hmm. Okay? And this is is a lot of percentage. Like, you're going to have them oddballs, but this is pretty good measurements. Mm -hmm. If that deer's tips of his antlers come in front of his eye, just in front of his eye, he's about two-and-a-half. If you go an inch forward than, than that, farther forward on his face, he's, which is just in front of maybe his tear duck, if you, if you know what that is. It's just in front. Mm-hmm. And that's three and a half. So if you get out there in between his eye and his nose, about midway, he is on the tips of his antlers, are going to be four or older. Now, you can't. It's hard to judge a deer after four years old. It's almost impossible, you know, from looking at them. But that is a good range. And I've done a lot of cutting teeth out, aging them to that tip of that antler. A lot of people come in and say, how old is he? 
and I'll look at that and go, I think he's this. Now, how do you think that? And I'll tell them that, and they're like, you're crazy. And then I'll cut the jaw out, and I'll say, look, I'll put it up to my teeth and or what I've learned. Um, the sad part is with Florida, you cannot age a deer by his teeth, uh, but you can get close. Mm-hmm. During, Florida has such a hot zone. We do not have harsh runners, so they – the dentine line, like a tree, to get rings, you cannot age them. We don't have a hard enough winter to make a dentine line. So it don't look like rings on a tree. Mm-hmm. So um, to send it out and do all that, it's not worth it. it they, they say they can't do it. Yeah. It's just like aging male or female, you mean, as yep. a human. You mean, you can get close. You can get, oh, I bet she's yes. in her 30s. She's in her 40s. Exactly. But you cannot... You can't pinpoint it. Yeah. It's hard. Turkeys. Yep. Everything. You mean, yep. you have a good guideline. Yep. And this is just another tool, I it feel is. like, in the basket when you can go, you shoot that deer. Okay. His horns dictate that he's probably three and a well, half. Well, I'm just trying to help people when they get one on camera. It, it, you know, Now with cameras, you can get so close to these deer mm-hmm. and, and see. you. It's hard to see, especially in Florida, it's really hard to judge these bodies. The briskets. You know, our briskets don't fall like like a northern deer during the winter. Mm-hmm. He don't need all that fat on his brisket. So it's not going to fall like that. His backbone's going to, they're not as heavy, so their backbone's not going to sag as much. Mm-hmm. So this is a really good idea to keep in your pocket when you're looking at a trail cam or you got it on the ground. You just, all right, well, that, that deer is, uh, you know, two and a half if you go off of that, that tip of that antler to his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because if the farther forward he gets the more the stronger he gets um on on a on a main beam on a and this i think dr deer told me this to tell you the truth so his his optimal goal that he wants to be at is a 20 inch 20 20 to 21 inch main beam 15 inch spread and uh about 125 inches that's what that deer is looking to get that is his max strength if he's any bigger it's really hard for him if he's any smaller it's really hard for him mm-hmm. just and and he will be mac daddy if he can stick at that yeah so and that's and you've i mean i haven't personally seen it but you see hear about it all the time the biggest antler deer is not always the dominant deer no it's not so you I mean and that's that could fall into that right yeah. there that yeah. I mean, well, uh, you know, a deer, a deer that's one and a half is not going to really, f- he'll spar with a, a four and a half or, you know, just to play with him, but he's not going to go into a knockout drag out. Mm-hmm. And that's because that little deer knows my antlers are not that I'm not strong enough to do that yet. And, uh, and that could be his bones because it, he could, if, if he was fighting that hard and he, his, he's under two and a half, his brain cap just can't hold it. There's too thin. The, the bone actually gets thicker the older he gets. It's yeah. more denser. And I can go into it, it, I wish we had some time because I can, I can kind of explain to you why this deer, why a deer goes from dark antlers to light antlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my theories on that too, that um, it, it's the color dictates what he's rubbing, but it also d- dictates how good his nutrients are. And that's a big factor in all of this what his nutrients are, and his genetics. So if a deer has very light antlers, all it is it means that his bones are denser. The antler, you know, is denser and 
there's not much air in there. So when he's rubbing a tree, the bark color and the sap and stuff cannot go into that antler because it's too dense. Mm -hmm. So a swamp deer that don't get a lot of in nutrients, you know, he's eating pretty much what he can find. He's going to rub because, and get dark antlers because his bones are very porous. They've got a lot of room for that sap to get in there and get deep into them holes and grooves. And, and if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what happens is, is now he's getting really dark antlers because of there's so many variables there. But that is, if you think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I feel that, you mean, with the whole scoring, with the antler darkness and stuff, you mean, it's, I'm not there's not a clear, this is exactly the way it's going to be. There's, there's stuff on top of it. Just like the age in a deer, you use, utilize the antlers. Yes. You so utilize many. the way the deer looked for its body wise. Yep. And then you look at, and then if you're able to shoot that deer, look at his teeth. I mean, you just compile all of them and go, okay, out of everything that I've compiled, this is how old I think the deer is. And I think, yeah, I, I, unfortunately I get a lot of people in that think their deer is old and, and they're not, they're really not. Our deer are so much, uh, younger than they think. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just the fact of it. But if it's an, if you think it's nice and it's mountable, I tell everybody, I don't care if it's a spike or if it's a 140 inch deer, I will treat them all the same. They are all a trophy mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, but yes, the, you need to gather all this stuff and all this information to, because I get, oh man, this deer was, you know, I know he's four and a half. I, you know, I had him on camera. If you have him on camera and know it's that deer, that's great. But I've had people come in and say they've had that deer for 10 years, but his teeth are only saying he's four and a half. Like how, how, how is that? Yeah. You know what I mean, I've had him on camera this long. I'm like, there's no way yeah. this deer ain't that old. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then I get some that surprise me. I'm like, well, dang, this thing's this thing ain't got no teeth in it. Yeah. But he ain't got much antlers because he's going downhill. There's a fine line there. So, and and in my opinion, that's that's four, four and a half. Mm -hmm. He's just I and mean starts. Yeah. You gotta. I feel like because you hear about these big ranches and stuff out Midwest and Texas and stuff like that, that they're like, oh, I gotta have my deer go to five and a half, six and a half. Guess what kind of nutrients they got to yep. sustain that deer to get on to that extra? You I mean when you're talking to these Florida deer and stuff that they're just eating just natural browse? It you can't sustain a deer. I don't feel like for that longevity. No, and and, and you know private land deer to public land deer are a big difference. I mm -hmm. mean that deer I just showed you that I have in a car that's a it's a Florida deer from Hernando County that's 139 and a half inches gross. Mm -hmm. And and that's a you know that's a huge deer for Florida. I mean that's you in know? the top. That's that's that's, that's top. That's that's up there. I don't have too many. You know I get really excited when a when a deer that size comes in, and I'm you know I I don't get too many like that. Mm -hmm. I get a lot, of, and I've seen people like y'all were saying. You know people's uh, uh, letting these deer walk and letting them get bigger, and that's getting good. And that I doubled my deer when that happened. And quality quality has made a huge difference because of letting these deer walk a little bit yep so it i mean i feel i mean personally i i see the difference in deer quality yes, just you yes. mean just like mark on his page you mean you big can difference yeah dude it's just so much different yeah. even when i have people come in it, it's really cool to have these guys come in to see you know they'll walk in my shop and i'm i'm i have a pretty neat setup my antlers are hanging up high 
So when you walk in the shop and they're lined up and you, you see, you see, you know, 25 foot of antlers just, and some, sometimes they'll have two rows of them. Mm-hmm. And the, I love the people's faces like, man, they're like, I said, well, this whole row is Florida. Like, no way. Hmm. And some of them, you know, when you got five that are over 130 inches up there, you know, you're like, man, look at that. Or, you know, but even, even the hundred inch deer are so impressive. The quazing. Mm-hmm. I never seen that when I first started, you know, it, it was, it, it was unheard of to see progression of life. Yeah. Everybody's starting to. Well, people are feeding them better. They're feeding start, them better. Yeah, starting yeah. to take care of them better. Starting to, you know, just like whenever we, our parents were growing up, Mike, mine and Jonah's shit, 80, 90 inch, 80, 90 inch deer was shootable. Yeah. Now we're trying to get that thing up to hundred, 120, 130. We're trying to see what that thing's going to make. We're like, you know, let's see what he's going to make. So it does. Now you got really good deer coming in and that's progression of life right on yep. it yep and yep. i think just like we we hit on it a pretty good bit on um mark's episode yeah. that a hunter goes through a progression of hunter being from the kill stage to the conservative stage and i feel like that more people with a uproar of social media and want to manage deer they're more in that conservative stage they are for so, sure. So I feel sure. like, I mean, and I think social media is is kind of a. But it's also hurting people, too, because yeah. they, they, you get where you're like, man, I don't You You kind of feel bad that you're going to shoot a, a young deer or, or a small rack deer. Mm-hmm. But don't. Don't. I, I mean, like, I think you've had a few people on here that just said, look, if you're happy with it, do, take it. Absolutely. Take it. But, you know, also remember in your head that, you know, if it, it, it's, I get, you're allowed five deer here. You know what I mean? Like how, if, if you kill one, get some meat and then hold off for that good one Yep. or, but still have fun with it. Don't make it a, I'm only going to shoot. I get a lot of people like, I ain't shooting that little deer, even though he's 80 inches. You're like, what? Yeah. No, that thing ain't walking by me. Yeah. You know? And that's, and I, I mean. Hunters, we've talked about this, talked about, talked about. Hunters need to stick together, and I feel like you I mean you and you probably see it a lot in your shop that people walk in and go, "Hey, I won't shoot that deer. I wouldn't shoot no, that deer." I, all the time, and and you know what's sad is is they they don't think about what is going on with that. Like I I literally do a bunch of spikes, a bunch of four points, little six points, but and then they'll go, "Why is somebody mounting that? Why is somebody spending that much money to mm-hmm. get that mounted?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, it's not just that. They kill it with their dad. They." You know, that's the first buck they ever killed. So you can't just automatically assume that they're just, you know, want to get it mounted. There's a reason. I the, Everybody that comes in don't just get a deer mounted. They're coming to tell me their story yes. behind that deer. Mm-hmm. Every deer has a story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why my motto is, is your passion or your memory is my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I stick with. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, definitely it. I think, like you said, you just got to know the story behind it. That's it. That's it, man. And and that's you know, good taxidermists that are that are wanting to do this to make the customer happy really have a passion for it. And that's why I can just tell you what I have learned from these creatures uh, to help other people. 
I, I don't I don't get to hunt as much as I want to. I, you can ask any taxidermist; they better like fishing because they're not going to hunt a lot. Absolutely, they don't have time. Yeah. So we're pretty busy during hunting season. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like if I, I hope this just shows people that there's more ways out there to think about it, and uh, and and if you learn more about the deer, you will learn about you will know more about killing these deer. Um, Absolutely. And, and I shouldn't say killing, harvesting these creatures that uh, give us so much fun. Oh, know? yeah. In all ways. I mean, y'all, we get fun from uh, doing the work to get them on camera and then the process of getting up early and, and doing the work to get them. Why not? Why don't stop there? Do the work to to research your taxidermists, your processors, and uh, and and that's all you can do is do the best you can do for this creature throughout its whole process. Yeah. So, and that's um, what like me and Jesse's talked about this too before that deer hunting to us is not that middle section. That's not what we deer hunt for. We're not hunting for the actual hunt. Cause I can tell you, and he will tell you the same thing to sit in a tree stand for four or five hours gets boring. Mm-hmm. It does. Yes. But the front end prepping watching cameras is what we live for and then the end result when it comes to you the the trophy portion of it eating the meat everything like that that's what we're there for we're not there for if we're there for the center the hunt we go turkey hunting right because turkey hunting is exciting there you go that's why we like turkey hunt we like deer hunt for everything around the hunt for sure and that's that's kind of what we've talked about on here so that's so yeah you mean it you well, even to this podcast, why, why, we wouldn't we wouldn't be sitting why, here. We wouldn't be sitting here if no. we didn't love it. Nope, all of us. So, so. Um, yeah. So I, I I think you'll 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 post a picture of this. Yeah, so yeah. Can, um, uh, kind maybe, of see it a little bit. Yeah, and what we can do is, if you want to, I know you got a set of antlers. If yeah. you can, maybe when tomorrow, whenever you get maybe some free time, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah. I'll set up. I I actually brought you know one and a half year old, a three year old, a four year old, and I can I'll set it up to each antlers on this mm-hmm. that way you can uh see what i'm talking about yeah and then and i think it'll kind of sh- give you an idea what what i mean um and uh give it a try that's all you can do yeah that's all you can do so well, you might like it you might not yeah so is there any kind of thing you want to i know we've we've went around the bus three or four times but is there anything you want to kind of add um you know i think we covered a lot but yeah. I, I i would like to say uh i i appreciate you having me on there's so many taxidermists out there that you could have picked, mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's <coughs> humbling that you picked me. Oh yeah, we. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Good jam uh, up work. Yeah, Absolutely. if anybody wants to find me, I'm. Uh, I I used to have a, a actual page. It got really hard to answer people. I don't know why it was giving me trouble. But if you want to find me at DC Sims on Facebook, uh, or Instagram, one uh, M on the Sims, and uh, yeah, follow me see my stuff if you ever want to come to the shop i'm in i think i mentioned that i'm in brooksville i'm a stone's throw from crew management area uh so yeah if anything tax for me if you want to reach out to me thinking about getting into it uh, i would say reach out to me i'm more than glad to help Mm -hmm. uh, get you started or even want to join the association go do that uh what else what else Um, i'll be uh if yeah. I get a chance, I'll be coming and see you this fall. My father-in-law owns, doesn't own it, almost owns it, the old 
Milk Away Dairy. Yep, right down the road from me. Here I've ever seen in my life. There's some good ones out there. I'm gonna. I've been out there before in middle of August, September, and seen the biggest damn horned deer I've ever seen in my life <laughs> running across the fucking pasture <laughs> from me. He's like, "Well, you know, the owners of this thing they really don't like no." I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm coming out here this fall." Yeah, yeah that's three years ago. Right, two years ago. I'm coming out there this year. I'm killing a damn deer off that place. Well, bring it to me. I'm bringing it to you. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say thank y'all. And, yes, uh, sir. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I want to. Th- I do want to mention. I thank all my followers, everybody that comes to me, my customers. You know, some of my customers make it a. a it's kind of like a tradition when they come pick up a deer or drop one off. They'll they'll go to Florida Cracker and eat or. Yep. You know to, to anywhere just have breakfast breakfast station anywhere in brooksville you want and then they'll all gather up eat breakfast come to me hang out in the shop i have a couch there you're more than welcome to sit and bull crap and uh, we'll talk deer yep. that's uh, all we can do man well i guess i we got somewhere else to go hang out a little bit yeah, yeah. come on well, I, well. I, and i tell you know what's crazy is is uh they'll come hang out for an hour and then i'm mounting deer all the, for months nobody you think everybody hey well, you in the shop I'll have a couple buddies like, yeah, I'll come hang out. But you think my customers would just, I don't, I don't care. They don't want to slow you down. Well, no, I'll just keep working. Just come on over. Yeah. Anybody. I don't care. If you, if you're looking for a taxidermist or you're interested in taxidermy, uh, yeah, come see me. Just drop in. I don't mind. Give me a shout. Uh, I'm usually in there most of the nights, every night on the weekends. I'm in there all the time. Mm -hmm. So just, just come on in. Yeah. So. But yeah, you I mean we'll definitely we got a new place to go hang out, I guess. On a wedding Tampa, baby. Yeah. I don't want to take any work from your other taxidermists, but if you need one, I'll I'm yeah, here. Yeah, we so. we're always killing deer. Yeah, like I said, I only I'm I know a lot of people's gonna go, Oh crap, he only does I only do Florida deer now. Um, I guess. I'm, I get I it's mean, a I ha- get. it was a very hard to do that, but I want it it, it, it does this and I've been telling customers. It's gonna only going to get your deer back faster because so I'm going to have more time. I don't have to spend that time on deer from out of states. Uh, so my turnaround is going to go down. I'm going to have more time with my family. That's the biggest thing. My girls are getting old. I have an eight, just turned eight yesterday, believe it or not, uh, and a five-year-old. So they're out there in the shop with me, and uh, I say, I've say i said this before. You're not My price is because uh, you're taking – I can't time. So yep. you're going to pay for it. Yep. So I, I tell my girls I can't play with them for a little while because I got a mount of deer. So that's what you're paying for. And a lot of, and a lot of tax are like that. More taxidermists are part-time right now than they are full-time. It's very hard to be a full-time taxidermist. Yep. And uh, I would do it if I could get. But I really like my job that I have. And uh, so I'm going to stick with what I got right now. And, but any Florida – I get a lot of people, you taking in deer? If it's a Florida deer, I'll take it. Bring yep. it to me. Yep. So, all right. Well, this was a good one for sure. I think what I want to do here is okay. I want to get you back on. All right. Again. Yeah. Oh, that'd both be of a you, good one. Both of y'all in here, and y'all talk about your career oh, working for the Swift state. Mud, working for the state. Swift Mud. 
what y'all do, y'all's burn program, everything That'd like that. That'll be cool. Yeah, I, I have... Uh, yeah, we'll hit that that side of the aspect. I think that'll be a good episode. And yeah. I think a lot of people will want to listen to that one. So I think so. We'll, Both we'll get it us. in the works. We'll figure out when you and Mark are free. and we'll We could definitely get more in depth on it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think we touched your taxidermy stuff. Uh, it yeah, was a great sure. episode. Really appreciate you coming. Well, uh, I, I got to leave a, a, a hat to go against these hats that's on the table. I think it's a good... It's yeah. a good... It's a good. It is. Everybody, we're, if, we're if you come to this to podcast it. without a hat or some kind of advertisement to to hang on the wall or on the table, you know, you got to. I'm going to start that. I'm going to start that. You have yeah. to bring something. You got to. Yeah. You have, yeah. So I'm going to give one. you a couple hats. I'm going to give you a couple shirts. And, uh, you know, with, I, I think I think a few people did a giveaway or something. Maybe we'll try to do that. Yeah. If, if y'all want to, uh, if you add this, uh, people that haven't, however you want to do it, you do it. You do it however you want Jonas to do it. Jonas, he, he's the mastermind of this whole thing. We just, right, let's, we just, I, just this. I am going to give away a free mount. A free mount? Yep. That's, that's going to save you $600. All the okay. way to the end of the, If somebody listens to the end of this thing yeah, and finds the, finds the end of this thing and gets a free mount, they are both. That, that is a. So you win. decide if you want I'll to think, add or if you want I'll to think share. About, I'll think about it. We'll yep. figure something out. That, that and, and you're gonna you just tell me who the person wins. Okay. 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 So that way, but we're gonna narrow it down a little bit. Okay. It has to be a Florida person because you only mount Florida. Yep. Deer. Florida deer. Right. It has to be right. a follower of us and you. There yep. you go. We'll, I'll you figure go. out. I, it's got to be some pretty That'd pretty straight one. pretty straight guidelines here because that's a lot. I, I get that. That's a lot. But we'll make it work. We'll we'll yeah. we'll make it. Work. It's gonna be hard to pick one person, but I'm sure you can do it. We yep. can do it. We'll figure oh, it out. We'll advertise shit out of this one. Yep. This is a good one here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all. You know, I, I donate one to the FFA for our Brooksville chapter oh, every that's year. Awesome. That's um, awesome. So this will be good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll make it work. Yeah. We'll make it work. Yeah. Yep. Local. And, and that's your, you know, it's a shoulder mount. Um, your choice of how you want it. Yeah. So. That'll work. Okay. So. All right. We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll have yeah, it. it's late. I got to go home and. I don't know. Well, beat, if you weren't breaking barriers when I pulled up, we'd have been. Oh, we'd been I would have been done sooner. an hour ago. That's a fucking piece of <laughs> Y'all shit. Y'all put me to work when I got here. We're rolling yeah. out of bail. You didn't get rolled up. <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah. Don't oh. him, don't do, don't get him started. All right, all right, all right, yeah, all yeah. All right. we, we, <laughs> but anyway, well, I appreciate everybody listening. If you've made it to this portion of the episode, you got something to look forward to. We're there. You go. This is new news to us. We this is the first time we're <laughs> yep. hearing about oh, it. Oh yeah, it was this a surprise. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, well, I appreciate y'all listening. Go give us a rating. Definitely go follow his taxidermy work. It's definitely some good work and um, jam up work. Absolutely. So we're gonna close this one out. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll like I said, we already got it in the works for another episode with you. So you got to come yeah, back. Yeah, you, you yeah you and Laura Ford are coming back. You yeah. got to get Mark here. Well, you. I and I w- I was gonna shout out to a bunch of other taxidermists, but there's so many I don't want yep. to. We'll catch uh, it on the next one. Yep. Well, uh, yep. So, but. Hey, other taxidermists out there, y'all are doing a heck of a job. Glad to see your work on the on the pages. Yep. Y'all keep it up and follow this page because yep. uh, it's going places. Absolutely, yep. buddy. Well, we appreciate you coming. And All we'll, right, man. Thanks for right. having me. Hey, we'll catch you next time.